stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off the Bench podcast. Now, some families um, have to go through having a child being sick, and sometimes that child is facing, you know, a life-threatening illness. And that that the pressure that can be put on that family, well, the pressure that is put on that family is absolutely immense and intense and it's just a horrible place to be in let alone that that kid going through often a year or more of treatment sometimes five years of treatment that you know absolutely changes their life the organization called make a wish foundation that you know gives gives these kids wishes and sometimes we wonder well does it does it save them does it change them what happens to these kids today I'm interviewing Dr. Jen Pratt, and she was a recipient of Make-A-Wish, and she went to go to Disneyland in Orlando. And often we think that it's just, well, you know, what a fun thing to do. But Jen will tell you that it's absolutely life-changing. And as a result of it, she has now become a doctor herself. She went through this and she came out the other side and will never forget the difference that Make-A-Wish made to her and decided that she was going to be a paediatric medical professional so that she could give back the same thing to the kids that she went through and really empathise with them. She's also on the Make-A-Wish advisory board. So you are going to love this interview, and it is one I think we should all listen to and really, really uh, consider how lucky we are and consider that we can actually make a difference to a person's life, even if it's indirectly. And and on top of that, it makes us feel fantastic. So let's get into it. And welcome, Jen. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I absolutely love your story. And, you know, the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I often think, well, I often have mixed thoughts, not, not mixed thoughts about the program, but mixed thoughts about the kids and do they, you know, how many make it, how many don't, you know, like what's it like to be a kid? Is making a wish, like is receiving a wish even beneficial, you know, when you're feeling um, sick? And then they say, some people say, well, kids don't, kids are more resilient, which I'm not too sure about, you know, and kids don't realise they're as sick as adults and they don't worry as much. There's so much noise around when kids are sick you know and it's kind of like I don't know what's true and what isn't but all I know is my heart my heart bloody aches you know for the for the kids so you're one of them I am I am so yeah I was fortunate enough to benefit from the Make-A-Wish organization when I was 11 years old 
I was diagnosed with bone cancer and I had a really long road ahead of me with that. I think um, any, any family that knows a child, having a child diagnosed with a critical condition is just really life altering in so many ways. Wow. And so what, like the journey leading to it, you were just a happy, healthy kid and well, thought you were like everything was seemed to be going well. And what, yeah. what, what made you think, what was the turning point that made you or your parents think, God, there's something wrong here? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show how quickly things can change. I was an active, healthy kid. I played basketball. I figure skated. And I one day just developed a pain in my knee. I thought it was an injury. I um, initially started wearing a knee brace uh, to my activities, uh, but then it just didn't go away. And it started waking me up at night and it became clear that maybe it was something more going on. Uh, So that uh, led to a visit with my pediatrician who fortunately uh, was able to get me in for an x-ray right away. And uh, that revealed a tumor growing uh, in my leg. Wow. Wow. It's at 11 years old. It's There's a lot of 11-year-olds who, one, wouldn't say anything because it's not cool. I'm not going to talk to my parents about that, you know. But also um, at 11, it's it's not easy to articulate, to properly articulate what the feeling is other than a sore knee. Did, did you find it was difficult to communicate exactly what was happening or you left it to the Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes the symptoms that can lead to these type of diagnoses can be pretty vague and Mm. they can be symptoms that can be dismissed as normal things like growing pains or injury. Um, But uh, there was something about it that it was going on for weeks and it just, we knew that there was maybe something more going on. Uh, So I'm glad I kept speaking up and I'm glad that my parents and my pediatrician uh, took the next step to look into it further because that that really is so important to get to those this type of a diagnosis early. Yeah, absolutely. And so it could have been life threatening, or you know, like this. Well, it, it could have taken your life had it had it not mm-hmm. you know um, gone gone well. How long was that journey for? You know, from sort of starting off with the sore knee at eleven to coming at the other end saying, "I think I've got it. I think I've yeah I've yeah." It. So I would say it was a good year of very intensive chemotherapy. I had a surgery to remove the tumor from my leg. And fortunately, it was able to um, keep my leg because at that time, amputation was the common treatment for this type of cancer kind of leading Mm -hmm. up to the time that I was diagnosed. It was just starting to become um, a newer surgery to be able to spare, spare the limb. So that that was great, but it also meant a really long journey of physical therapy. Mm. Um, and just, it, it was hard. It was being on crutches or in a wheelchair for a good part of a year. Um, it was being in and out of the hospital and it was missing out on just those normal things that, you know, you do as a kid, um, Mm. whether it be holidays or going to school or being around friends, it just was, very challenging because it turns your whole life upside down. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have siblings that went through this as well? Or 
I do. Yeah, I have a younger sister. So she was uh, five years younger than me. So around kindergarten at the time. And I mean, it certainly affects every member of the family when a child is ill. Yeah. Uh, And I know that she felt that too. Yeah, it was a big stressor for all of us. Yeah, it is hard. When you, you know, you you ask an 11 year old to be grateful, and it's kind of like, nah, you know, (laughs) that doesn't happen. Do you think, though, that coming out of that, you know, it's it shifted your perspective? And it's hard for an 11-year-old to really think that or to grasp that, you know, other than, well, I'm here, you know, I might as well live the day out, you know, that sort of thing. But do you, do you reckon that, I know it has now, now you're grateful, but back then, do you do you reckon you were like, I'm going to look at life differently? Yeah, so absolutely, yeah. I think even at a young age, I was able to see how quickly things could change Mm. and how quickly things that I took for granted could be taken away, like the ability to simply walk and run Mm. and get around. Um, So I, I, I did feel an enormous amount of gratitude to have survived my illness and it was really empowering to to go through that and feel as though I I learned so much that um, one day I wanted to to share that with others. Mm. And and this in this podcast, like most of my guests are like on here to not to promote themselves, but to share their story. And you know, where can we people find you? And it's kind of like they've got a website and that. And you're you're doing a completely um, flip on a complete flip on that because I want to get right into the Make-A-Wish stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. You are here not to promote you at all, not to send people to your website, none of that. You you just want to tell the story of Make-A-Wish, you know, and, and get people following that, So, which, you know, you, you, you're this amazing ambassador for it. So it obviously changed your life. So at what, where were you on the journey and how did Make-A-Wish come about and how did it come to you? Yeah, so I remember I was a few months into my treatment uh, when I heard about the Make-A-Wish organization. And it was at a time that I still had a really long road ahead of me and things were hard. It was hard to find things to look forward to because I was really in the thick of it. And what Make-A-Wish did was it really, it just gave me hope. It gave me something to look forward to. I had so much fun thinking about uh, what my wish would be. Um, if you can only imagine being a kid and being told you you may be granted a wish. Um, oh. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, and it just made me feel like um, there were people in my community around me that understood and validated what I was going through and were supportive to do something special, like a wish for me. Um, So my wish, I wish to go to Walt Disney World to meet a Disney animator, uh, because that was something that was really special to me while I was going through treatment. I love to draw, I love to watch uh, the animated Disney films. uh, So I knew right away that's what I wanted it to be. I, you know, I love that because it's it's like most kids want to go to Disneyland to ride on the Big Dipper or ride on the teacups or to see Donald Duck or, you know, that's the thing. But at 11, I so said that intrigues me. I, I absolutely admire that 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 intrigue and that learning. Is it, is it 
I want to go deeper. Yeah, yeah, sure. I want to see Mickey Mouse. I want to see that. But I want to see an animator to to a, a even be in the thick of that pain, and then to even go. I want to do that step further. That's helping me learn rather than bringing me joy. Even though I'm sure it brought you immense joy meeting an animator. That, that's that's amazing. Did you have to? apply to make a wish or do they do they come to the hospitals or like how does the process work yeah so it was introduced to me by one of the social workers uh at the clinic and there is an application process uh you can be referred for a wish uh it can be initiated by a patient's family or uh they can be referred by their healthcare provider uh, so there's a number of ways, uh, and then Make-A-Wish will review the application for eligibility, and um, what's kind of cool is now being on the other side of it, I am a medical advisor for my local Make-A-Wish chapter, yep. so I help with reviewing eligibility and ensuring travel safety uh, for our WISH recipients, which is really fun. Wow. Wow. And I'm going to get to that because you're now a doctor. So let's just talk about this for a minute, just for a second. This make a wish because I want to get into that as well. You, um, so you, you're in America and you went to the one in um, Anaheim. Is that the one you went to or, or Orlando? The one in Orlando. Yep. Orlando. Well, that's awesome because I know there's kids in Australia that as an American, Disneyland is in America, you know, so it's kind of like domestic travel and it's kind of like, yeah, it's pretty pretty promising that you'll get there at some point. For an Australian kid, Disneyland is like this, um, a place that I'll never get to. It's like the most <laughs> awe-inspiring place ever. So I'm not sure how many Make-A-Wish recipients from Australia get to go all the way over to Disneyland, but um, I know some do because I've seen it. So I love that. And Orlando must have been, I know that's been there about 30 years now, hasn't it, I reckon? I'm, I'm getting old. Well, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary. 50. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, God, then I am getting older. <laughs> so it's funny because you're a great person to talk to about this. Um, My niece called me a nana the other day. She said, you look like a nana. And I said, geez, I said, I'm, I'm nearly 60. And I said, I don't mind looking like a nana. And that's perfectly fine by me. And then I, I said, well, you know what? Rather than criticise people for how they look, you, you know, it's actually a blessing. It's a blessing for people to even hit 50, you know, because there are so many people, as you know, there's so many people who don't make that, you know. So it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you turn up. You know, after you, if you, you can make it to 50, every decade you make, that's a damn blessing. That it really is a. So anyway, I don't know why I threw that in. It's just that I'm feeling old because of Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty years. Oh my lord, that's amazing. So how do you? So now that you've, um, I am coming back to make a wish because a lot of questions I've got about that because there's a lot of processes they have, you know, in place and a lot of um, events and things that they hold. You're you became a doctor, so. Um, do you think you were always wanting to be a doctor or an animator or do you think that you became a doctor because of the treatment you received or like how much of that journey impacted your outcome now? Yeah, great question. So I would say I probably went into my diagnosis really interested in drawing art and animation and then I came out of it wanting to be a pediatrician. I absolutely knew 100% this is what I was going to do. And 
I knew that I wanted to stay connected with the hospital, with kids and families that were going through similar experiences and use this really profound and life-changing experience that I had and turn around and use it for good. Wow. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I was so fortunate to have such wonderful care. Uh, I was treated at Children's Minnesota, which um, I just had such wonderful doctors, nurses, child life staff. Everyone there was just amazing. Uh, It was really inspiring to say, I want to go turn around and do this for another child. Mm. How long have you been um, doing that now? At this end of the state. So, yeah, yeah, no, great question. I um, have been, um, yeah, for, well, now over 12 years, um, I've been working as a pediatrician at the hospital that I was treated at, wow. uh, which it's it's really um, an a, amazing experience to be able to give back in that way. Do you have many kids that have come through now that are recipients of Make-A-Wish? I do. I do. What is so cool too is you know, any family that has benefited from this organization, you just bring it up, say, tell me about your wish. And just everyone in the room lights up. Um, it's kind of a, it's a connection that if you get it, you get it. Yeah. Um, and it just, this organization has the ability to bring so much joy into the lives of not only these kids, but siblings, families that are dealing with these um, serious illnesses. And it is just life-changing for everyone. Wow. It must be great to watch. Going back on that, just on that, that point you just made, you know, when your family, so your little sister and your your parents all went to Orlando with you, obviously, they don't just throw you on a plane and off you go. <laughs> did, did that, did, what, what, you know, you said for you, it brought some hope. What what do you think it it brought to the rest of your family? Do you think, because as a parent, for me, I would be thinking rather than hope, like because you'd be thinking hope, I'd be thinking uh, probably like a gratitude that other people care about my kid, you know, that that, that kind of thing. I don't know. Have they spoken about Yeah. Yeah, well, I would say it, to us it was so much more than just like a trip or a trip to yeah. Disney World. Um, it was just me to be so special. Yeah. Um, I, from everything from like being picked up in the limo to meeting the pilot on the airplane, like every piece of it was, I just was made to be so special, feel so special. And at Disney World, they give you a little button, you get to go to the front of every line and everybody is, is recognizing that you're there for a wish trip, which is really, really neat. Um, with my family, it's, a really, really cherished memory of ours. And we have actually been able to go back as a family uh, a couple times to the same place that we were able to stay for our wish and really just celebrate those memories. Mm. And it it is, it really means, means a lot to all of us to be able to go back and do that. I bet it's um, tear jerking to be on, you know, very, because, if you go back to that place, it's kind of like looking at you. You you might not have been here. Do you know you know what a, what a beautiful blessing we have. You know to have this time with you because you we may have missed it. We could have missed it. Somebody could have missed it. And I, it, it, I'm I'm tearing up as you know, just imagining what your parents um, feel every time you relive that that journey. Mm-hmm. It, it's um 
But I'm a sook, so that's okay. So just bear with me because I, <laughs> I survived. I think that's um, t- I think it's special. Tell me when you know when you are working in the hospital with the kids now, and and it, there's going to be kids with bone cancer, and there's going to be kids with tumors and and, and leukemia and all sorts of life threatening illness, and some of them are not going to make it. Do you? How do you feel? Or think, but particularly feel when you're looking at them, and 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 you know that you were there, and like I think that's pretty special to have a doctor who has actually been there and felt what they feel. Do you do you see yourself treating them differently, or, or like how, how am I trying to say this? So you'd have this feeling. Do, do you think that they feel your different feeling? That hey, I really get you. Do you think oh, that was a long-winded question? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I hear what you're saying. I I feel like I'm able to connect with families on a different level, having yeah. been on the other side. Yeah. Having been in the hospital bed, I know what it feels like to be in the hospital for a long time and to be really sick. Um mm-hmm. and I think on some level, I can sit down with with patients and families, and I can really, really tell them that I, I get it on some level. Yeah. Um, obviously, every situation is different, but there's, you know, some commonalities between that experience that um, it's, it's really special to be able to have the um, experience that I've had to be able to have actually... Um, actually be able to empathize uh, on a level that's meaningful like that. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fortunate thing is now most of the uh, families that do benefit from Make-A-Wish, children go on to survive their illnesses and to live long and happy lives. Um, So it's not always a final wish. Um, In most cases, uh, it's something that really provides a lot of hope so children can better cope with their illnesses. So families um, are experiencing less stress and anxiety and trauma through this experience and are given this gift of hope, mm. uh, which is something that's just so powerful. It, it really is. I've been through um, my sister had cancer and that was in her late 20s and she didn't survive. You know, It was five years of and and I know that stress for a family, you know, in that time, and it, it it's relentless, you know, and let alone what it was like for her, but it's relentless stress, you know, it's just that day in, day out, you can't think of anything else. It, it, even just to have that wish, even if it's just for a few days or it, it it's that respite, isn't it? It's that, it's that. I can think about something else and I can just give my mind a break from the, 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 and you don't want to think about it because you, you, you know, it's stressing you and you know, it's no good and you know, you can't change it. You know, the worry is just not doing anything that never goes away. So do you think that, you know, like you're sitting now on the board and you're sort of, you know, advising who gets it? Do you, do you ever get reports back from them to say, Oh my God, I needed that mental break that was so good for my mental health and well-being and yeah you get that yeah oh absolutely i you know i like i 
I mentioned just bringing up the word make-a-wish <laughs> to families who have experienced it. It's just like, you can just see like their body just relaxes and they get so happy to talk about it. Uh, I think for children, it is a way that um, for those of us that have experienced, we can experienced a wish, we can reclaim our own childhood, a piece of it. Yeah. And that feels very empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I get to participate in is, uh, we have a yearly wish gala, uh, where we h- highlight some of the wishes that we've granted over the course of the year. And it's so fun. We always have like a, a wish child come and share what their wish was. And they, we do a little video about it and they, they come and talk, uh, about their wish. And that's my favorite moment of the whole, the whole thing, because you just see how impactful these experiences are. Uh, It's incredible. And that would be if if the galas for fundraising purposes, which I imagine it is, it would be, you couldn't help, you couldn't help but say, oh man, I want to, I want to send a kid to Disneyland. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to be part of this because I think that people sitting there witnessing it, that they've got no, you kind of have no choice but to want to be part of it, you know, like the the the, the oh, full emotions yeah. that would. I think you'd experience every single emotion sitting there watching a kid saying how impactful it was for their life, and you you couldn't help but to want to give that to somebody. You absolutely, absolutely. Wow, wow. So, um, I, I wanted to ask you. Something about um, there's a I'm just reading it because I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, there's a, a wish impact study, like and that what is that? What is that study and what is it? You know what are the implications of that? What what happens? Tell us some more about that. I'm interested. Yeah, so I'm glad gra- I'm glad that you brought that up because I love talking about the wish impact study. Yeah. I think um, the wish impact study really puts into like data what I feel like I've known for my whole life <laughs> about Make-A-Wish. And uh, as my uh, role as a physician, I've seen this as well. Um, the WISH Impact Study, it was a survey that was sent out to over 3,000 uh, families that have received uh, a WISH, so patients, family members, and healthcare providers. Uh, and the results of this came out in 2022, um, which just showed uh, what I think we all um, we all knew is just the impact of a wish is um, so far reaching. Mm-hmm. So we know that families going through these experiences, they experience traumatic stress. Uh, they're prone to anxiety, depression. Uh, and we found that families who receive a wish uh, have um, a better um, chance of being able to cope with their illness in a positive way. Um, they're experiencing less of these symptoms and of their healthcare providers, over 90% of them actually thought they were in a better place physically because of their wish uh, to fight their illness. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's amazing because I think we all know, you know, mental health translates to physical health. Yeah. And when children and families feel hopeful, um, when they feel joy, uh, when they feel empowered, uh, they're better able to physically be in a place where they can 
um, handle the treatments and the stresses uh, that they're going through. Yeah. Is that is that study available to the public? Like, is it a, is it a document that's out there for everyone to see? Yeah, great question. So you can actually find more uh, information about the study at Make-A-Wish's website, wish.org. Yep. And it'll it'll talk a little bit more about the findings there. Wow, that's great. It's like um, when you talk about, you know, your mental health translates to your physical health and that, that feeling of uh, happiness. I mean, what is happiness? That's, that's, a, that's a, you know, giant um, debate there. What is happiness? I don't know. You know, it comes under so many banners and everything else. But when you do feel good, you 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 do feel better like if you when you when you're happier and I'll just say happier as a blanket statement you know you do feel happier but also I want to add to that is that I think that when you feel seen heard and valued you you also sit in a better place and so with these kids it's kind of like well someone sees me you know someone hears my pain somebody values me and and the fact that a stranger has been the one that's seen you and heard you and valued you, you know, and wanted to bring you joy, that's got to lift your spirits, doesn't it? You know, and so mm-hmm. if you put all these together as a combination of spirit lifting, do you, you know, and as the, on a cellular level, and you know what I'm talking about here is that your cells can heal, they, they can re- rejuvenate quicker, you know, when we're at a higher frequency, you know, when everything's yeah, like this, you know, we, we're in such a good place. So, so you can have all the data, you know, we've sent we've sent 3,000 families and everything else, but that does not mean the same as that, yes, it impacted me on a, uh, a happier physical, better recovery level. That That's, that's the data, isn't it? That's the stuff that really yeah. says I got better. I got better because of this. That's, oh. So I, I just find yeah. that I love this, absolutely love it. I, I love it. Um, and so um, I don't know what to I, – I, I've got a thousand questions. I'm trying to get them all in, you know, in some kind of order, you know. But when you're – do you know, you know when you're w- with the kids in the hospital, now some of them are not going to get to make a wish, like, you know, because you can't – you just can't give it to everybody. Do you talk – do you – do you – I'm just thinking how hard it must be to say to kids, well, I was here, I, I felt this, but I had a wish and my life got better because you can't say that to some, you know, because mm-hmm. you're kind of setting them up to go, oh, well, that was great. You got a wish, but I'm not I'm not getting one. You know, so do you talk about it or do you, you know, not, how do you go with that? It's a balancing act. Right. Well, I think, um in a lot of cases, I don't have to talk about it. And it's simply um, kind of using the same um, idea of inspiring, um, inspiring hope through things that spark joy in that particular child. So it may not be a big wish every time, but it may be talking about what they're looking forward to when they leave the hospital, talking about how we're going to get them back to you know, playing basketball or playing in their next hockey game, maybe talking about how can we get some friends there um, to, you know, help cheer them up or make them feel a little better in the meantime. There are so many small things I think we do every day for our patients that help them cope. And it doesn't always have to be extravagant or big. Yeah. And so that's what I try to 
I try to continue to encourage. Um, and it, it doesn't always mean that I have to talk about my entire experience, but I think sitting down and really getting to know kids and getting to know what sparks that joy and sparks that hope is so critical in how we are able to um, face these challenges. Yeah. You know, in the medical profession, it's like transactional often. Do you, you know, it's kind of like, well, you're, you're here, I need to give you this medication and, you know, let's hope you get better and, you know, I'll do my job, you do your thing and recover and hopefully we can part ways and, and things will be good. Now, I'm not saying it's cold. I'm definitely saying it's unemotional because um, if I could not work in the medical profession because I would my I, I'm an empath and I would be in tears all the bloody time. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do it. But you, you know, I'm thinking about the people that work around you because you've been there. You're back in that same hospital and possibly some of the same people are still there. The same staff, possibly, and. It, so the people that work with you, um, how am I? So you know, like you're saying that you've got this real empathy, you've got this real connection with them, your real understanding of them. Now, if you take you out of the picture, that doesn't exist. Do you, you, you know, people still empathize and they still feel and they still care, but haven't got that same thing. Do you think when other staff watch you? it makes a difference to them. Do you, like, do you think the connection you have actually impacts the people surrounding you as they work with you? Well, that's a great question. I um, am fortunate enough. I get to teach medical students and residents. So, um, you know, people training to be pediatricians uh, at my hospital. And I try to, um, I I try to uh, show, you know, through how we care for patients, how important it is to um, address kind of the whole patient, um, really getting to know the whole child. Uh, Also understanding how important it is to make sure that parents and caregivers are well supported and that they have the resources that they need. Um, because we know that 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 is like that child's like number one, um, you know, go to person or people that they go to for support. So making sure that everyone's taken care of is so vital. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I, tr- I definitely try to um, show that, you know, through how I care for, for patients and families. But I, I think uh, further than that, I think people have just got to feel it. I, I think that you, you couldn't help but feel your love and connection. You just couldn't help but there's, a, there's you know, with kindness, you know, like we get a boost of serotonin and, you know, and great stuff when we do kindness and, and, and when we receive kindness. But there's also studies to show that the people witnessing acts of kindness, and I'm not saying that you're doing specific acts of kindness, but just your your understanding of this situation you know, is is already kindness in itself. So there's this research to say that people witnessing acts of kindness um, also get a boost of serotonin. So it's, and other chemicals, I can't remember what the other ones are, but I know serotonin is definitely in there. And so I'm looking at your face and you're probably thinking, geez, I never, I never even, that's never even crossed my mind, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just making up my own stuff there. But you know, <laughs> oh, 
you're going to look for it now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a good point. I mean, it's just witnessing these types of connections. Um, And I say connection because I really do feel like, you know, making that connection with families, with kids, that's, that's where it all starts is are these relationships that trust. Um, But yeah, being a part of it and bearing witness to it, I think is, is also powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love this. You know, I want to go back to something you said at the start. Well, I said it, not you. At the very start, I sort of said there's all these different feelings and different things and different thoughts about Make-A-Wish and everything else. When organisations become big charities, there can be a lot of, there can be scepticism or there can be kind of like, oh, I wonder how much the kids actually get, you know, and I wonder every single kid goes to Disneyland. Like we, we, we make a lot of people just in general make a lot of assumptions about everything, um, specifically charities where you've got no control. You give money and you, you've got no control about where that money goes. What do people get wrong? Like is there, is there, is this a... a, a a theme that often sort of comes up about what people get wrong about Make-A-Wish. And maybe there's not. Maybe I'm just making that up. (laughs) Yeah. I think the number one theme that people get wrong is that it's a last wish and a final wish for kids. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is an assumption that's just simply not true, thankfully, for a majority of of the kids that we, um, uh, we encounter. And I mean, that's thanks to better outcomes for a lot of diseases for children over the last couple of decades that have improved substantially since Make-A-Wish was first um, founded as an organization. So um, I think that's where the impact of a wish can even go further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about how impactful it is just to think about the memory of my wish is so powerful. Yeah. And not only that, then you're inspiring these children and families to give back and to kind of pay it forward uh, in the future. And that, that's how I felt personally. Mm. Um, so in a way, it feels like the gift of a wish is more long lasting. Mm. Um, and I would say even people that have lost lost a child that has had a wish, I mean, I can only imagine how um, precious those memories are and um, how important that was to those families. Yeah. But fortunately, um, most children now are are going on to, um, you know, live live long lives after their wishes, which is great. You you said that just now you're saying, you know, that they live longer and then you said thanks to medical advances which which I agree with there's there's so so many advances but also on top do you also think that just that just that joy has just is also a big contributor I mean I know you said it so if you think about the advancement of um medicine plus this boost of joy do you, you know like it's it's life-saving actually it's mm-hmm. It's a life-saving thing that is um, that you can't you can you can directly attribute life-saving to surgery or to treatment or something like that, but it's so much harder to measure the direct attribution to from make a wish. Do you know? And but in actual fact, that is what's happening. Do you know? You know, it's boosting mm-hmm. them to such a degree and. 
Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And I th- and also for the families, I think like you said that they go ahead and pay it forward. But we all know that we're healthier when we are kinder. Like that's 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 proven. The more I'm kind, the kinder I am, the more better the better well being I've got. You know, and the the better well being I've got, the healthier I'm going to be, and that kind of stuff. And so if everybody's sort of paying it forward to some degree or feeling a sense of gratitude and they're buzzing at that frequency that's just a lot more healing, that's, it's, it's got to be a better long-term out, outcome. It's just. I'm, yeah, and I th- that's absolutely where a lot of us are, those of us that treat children with these um, critical illnesses. Um, while it's very difficult thing to measure our perception is mm. that uh, children are able to, they're just better equipped to fight their illnesses uh, when they have that uh, sense of joy, that sense of gratitude and that sense of hope. Yeah. And we might be talking on two different levels here. You're talking on the medical biological level and I'll get on some woo woo level. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, they kind of intersect, right? You know, it's um, kind of the whole picture, right? I think they but do. Yes. Yeah, I think yes. they do. What What have you, if the kids coming in, because this is just off, off, off make a wish, but in, in, an intriguing thing that I think listeners would want to know. The, the kids coming in, do you think there's more kids now getting um, cancer type illnesses than 20 years ago? So, you know, there are a lot of a lot of children being diagnosed with cancer. Part of it is early detection. There's more of a understanding of what to look for to yeah. go um, go in and get things checked out. Um, I'd say from a wish standpoint, we're actually at a point where we're able to grant more wishes too, as the organization has gotten bigger. So in some ways, the presence of Make-A-Wish just has increased too because of um, the growth of the organization, which is great to yeah. accommodate that. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that um, potentially all these, a lot of a lot of diseases were there in the first place or illnesses or, or whatever's going on for people, but we didn't didn't diagnose them quick enough. And, and I love that Make-A-Wish is growing. Is that this worldwide or are you talking about um, specifically American yeah, well, worldwide Make-A-Wish, um, I think last I was aware, it was well over a half a million wishes have been granted wow. worldwide wow. over the course of the organization. How long is that? amazing. How long has it been going for? So it's been around, I think we're going on year, if I recall correctly, year 43, wow. I believe. Um, so yeah, it, it started in the um, in the early '80s, and yeah, we are going strong. So that's fantastic to see so many wishes being granted. Wow, that's my now. I, I don't know. My I'm good at math, but right now I'm thinking about other things. I'm not sure I'm right. That's about is that that's about ten thousand a year. Am I right or a th- thousand a year? Maybe ten thousand. Well, yeah, great question. So it's definitely it's increased. So it'd be more than that. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure off the top of my head how many over the last year. Uh, but I do know that I feel like every year there's more and more wishes that are able to be granted, which is amazing. Well, it makes a happier world, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. It spreads. It's you know, kindness spreads, joy spreads. Do you know? I've got this um very naive view, and I'm going to stick with it. I don't care that the 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 more people are kind, you know, the more the more kind people that are out there, and the more acts of kindness, and the more joy that we have, and the more good things we look for and find, eventually we'll reach a tipping point, and all these. Horrible people, oh, the horrible energy in the world would just, you know, will flip over to a good, good world. I'm not saying the world's always bad, but you know what I mean. It it's, would be so nice to just see so much more, so much more joy and love and, you know, kindness to each other. It would Maybe I am living in some fantasy world, but, you know, if you don't hope for it, it doesn't come. You know, you'll never get there, but I love it. Now, speaking yeah. of- Speaking of coming, and this isn't quite there, but um, in April, and, you know, we're not going to hit this episode in April. It's going to be sort of February, March. But um, in April, there's World Wish Day. So tell us about World Wish Day so we can prepare people and hopefully (laughs) hopefully inspire people to take some action. So every April we celebrate World Wish Day that marks the anniversary of the first wish that Make-A-Wish granted. Uh, and so it was really the the wish that started it all. And um, we're able to celebrate how far we've come and how many wishes have been granted. And I think like what you said, uh, hope and joy, they're contagious. Yeah. And um, like you said, it's kind of, it's spirit lifting in so many ways. And I think supporting this organization supports um, families, children that may be your neighbors, maybe in your community. Um, so many people worldwide uh, that it, it really does um, lift spirits and spreads joy. Yeah, I love it. it I just, I because this is my mind, I have to be accurate and I have to love, I'm such a digger for information. Is that World Wish Day, is it? Is it the exact day? Like, is it an exact birthday or is it just sort of a day that celebrates the first one? I'm so curious. Yeah, so. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I have to, um, what's, yeah, I am, it, it is an exact day. Okay, I have it. April 29th is World Wish Day. I had to double check. Um, yeah, April 29th. So it's coming up and it's a, it is an exact day. It's the anniversary of that first wish. Do you know what that first wish was? Yeah, so. I'm pushing um, you here, aren't I? Was, I know, I know. As a young boy who, um, and if I recall correctly, wanted to be a firefighter. So he got to um, learn more about that and um, was made to feel very special on, on the day of his wish. And that was really the wish that started it all um, oh. back in 1980. Wow. And you know what? That very first wish from a very small organization, because it would have been small then, you know, it just somebody would have come up with the idea, oh, why don't we just give these kids a, a wish and make them feel great? not knowing that it would become such a massive, you know, worldwide organisation. But can you imagine the joy of those, um, whoever started it, might have been one person, it might have been two, I don't know, what, whatever. But can you imagine the joy that w- that would have brought them to see this one kid on a fire truck, you know, and, and when you say contagious, it would have been, oh, my God, we've got to do it again. We've got to do it again. We've got to find another kid. We've got to find another kid. You you, you, you wouldn't be able to help yourself, would you? It would just be. Exactly. This, wow. 
Well, I love the thought of that. I, I'm going to look that story up if I can find it. I know you can never find everything, but you can find most things on the internet. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I've, I've loved it. Now, Jen, you are on here, um, as I said at the start, you're not promoting yourself, which is very humble. You, you, Your story in itself is so worth sharing, you know, the fact that uh, of what you went through as a kid, the difference that it made to you, like, the, the, and I'm talking about the illness, the difference it made to, you know, shocking you and, and changing, but just being a real bummer for your world. And then the joy of somebody else caring about you, strangers caring about you and what that's done for your family and the fact that you're still here and, you know, potentially some of that joy helped you recover. I would say likely a lot of that joy helped you recover and get through the other side. And now you're helping kids and you're in that same hospital. And for me, there's the, that is such a great story and that is such a great gift. You are such a great gift to the world. In, you deserve this to be about you. You deserve this to be. Have your own website and just be out there and bloody, you, you know, like, <laughs> like, like spreading the joy. But you're choosing, you're choosing to focus to do this for Make-A-Wish as an ambassador. And I just, the humility in that is just... Um, overwhelmingly beautiful so I, I i thank you from the bottom of my heart now where uh, obviously we're not sending people to your website we're sending them to make a wish so where are we sending people off to to check it out and yeah. everything else yeah so wish.org is the place to go for more information on how you can be involved how to refer someone for a wish um more information about your local make a wish chapter and you can read more about the Wish Impact Study there. So, yeah, wish.org. Fantastic. And there's also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and there's a YouTube channel as well. So I will um, I'll put all those in the show notes so people can join in and and hopefully donate and 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 hopefully participate in world wish day is that is that like an online fundraising thing or is are there events and how does that how does that work yeah, yeah. So typically there's going to be events held um, throughout uh, the Make-A-Wish chapters to celebrate that World Wish Day. So yeah. uh, you can check out wish.org to see more about uh, the events surrounding that day and yeah. how you can be, be involved and support the cause. That's fantastic. All right, everybody, um, April the 29th. And don't forget, America and Australia are on two different days. So <laughs> not dates, <laughs> days, you know. We're, so we're going to be able over here, we're going to have it before you, so we'll be able to tell you, gee, it was a really good day, make a wish day, a world wish day. <laughs> Jen, thank you so very much. Dr. Jen Pratt, You, I just love to be able to say that because, you know, like, that's what you are now because of all this. And it's just, um, it's just amazing. It's been wonderful chatting with you and thank you for all the good that you do in the world and for the hope and the joy and the love that you bring to those kids, because they definitely need you in their corner. So thank you for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. All right. Thanks heaps. See ya. Oh, guys, I don't know about you, but I love Dr. Jen Pratt. What an amazing human. Now, you know, she could have easily um, been gone through the treatment, made, a, made her wish um, and gone off and been an animator, which, by the way, probably still would have been fantastic. But she has dedicated her life to giving back and helping these kids and promoting the Make-A-Wish, the, make um, the goodness of it. And, and I... 
I don't know, I'm, I'm almost speechless, you know. I know that doesn't happen often, does it? But how, just how beautiful her heart is and how she's just so, so hell-bent to help these kids and to make them feel better and to make them feel more normal and special. And I just, I love that. I really hope that you love that conversation because I certainly did. Um, it's probably put Make-A-Wish Foundation back under my nose again, you know, for something that I, I need to start supporting again. I hope you can do something for World Wish Day on April the 29th and uh, either go to the wish.org website and find out if there's a local chapter somewhere near you that may be having a, a fundraising event um, or even just give a donation on that day or even just start donating as a, a regular monthly thing because listening to Jen and how, I'm not going to say a small thing like a wish, but what, what seemingly is, is just a wish, you know, in amongst all this trauma of illness and everything else, the wish is clearly so much bigger and so much more impactful than I think a lot of us give it credit for. So if you can help out in any way, that would be fantastic. So again, the website is wish.org and I'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, really hope you've loved that. And I really hope that you leave this episode feeling a lot of kindness and even feeling a much deeper sense of gratitude for still being here and for our life and for for the goodness that is out there and for the goodness of uh, the kind hearts that are out there. So anyway, thank you very much for joining me again this week and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.